I will uh, just put a little disclaimer on the front of this show that it will be explicit. I just know this about Tasha and I want her fully unleashed so that we get like the best version of her. So <laughs> little ears probably should not listen to this episode. So find some time when it can just be you and yours or your earbuds because this episode is rated TVMALSA. So I'd started doing like consistent thirty to $40,000 months. And then in my ego death, it was like, boop, here you go. Here's an $8,000 month. And I was like, basically my worst nightmare because of what I would make it mean, which is you're not moving forward. You're going backwards. This is embarrassing. This is where you were at three months or three years ago. And I really started thinking about it. I'm like, Tasha, out of all the things you've done in your life, this is the thing you're embarrassed about. Like, cause I've done so much healing on men and sex and things like that. And like, Tasha, you have talked openly about like fucking guys, girlfriends and giving blowjobs in the alleyway for free. Let me ask. Okay. <laughs> this was for free. This was for free. And I did not receive an orgasm after. <laughs> Hello, beautiful souls. Today's episode is so, so good. And before we jump in, I have some exciting news to share. If you've ever wondered where you're blocking money, this is for you. I've created a free quiz to diagnose your money wounds so you can heal them and unblock yourself to receive more money. Just go to moneywoundsquiz.com and answer six quick questions to get your insanely accurate and potent results. And if you're loving my vibe and want to work one-on-one to call in more feminine energy wealth, I would love to hear from you. You can shoot me a DM on social media or go to emilywilcox.com to learn more. Hey, hey, I've got such a juicy episode for you today. Quickly before we dive in, many of you have reached out to ask how we can work together. And I do have limited openings to work with me via one-on-one private coaching inside the Rise Mastermind. And I've actually even opened up a few spots for human design readings. So if you're ready to step into feminine energy wealth, this is for you. If you're serious about ditching those old limiting beliefs, you're tired of having to hustle to grow your business and income, and you're ready to attract more money, joy, and ease from feminine energy, this is for you. If you're tired of being in control all the time and feeling the pressure of your business and your household, then this is for you. If you want to be relaxed and work in life, but don't know how without all the balls dropping, then this is for you. So head to Instagram or Facebook and send me a DM, or you can click the link in the show notes. Take the action now that your future self will thank you for. Welcome to the show. I am super excited today because I have the one and only Tasha Wall, the hotness coach for women who are ready to rock life's runway. She helps women prepare for a sexy body, business, and bank account when you enter her world. Her clients and masterclass clients become fully activated with a level of heat they didn't know was burning inside them. Tasha, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super, super excited. And (laughs) as we always talk about in Voxer, I will uh, just put a little disclaimer on the front of this show that it will be explicit. I just know this about Tasha and I want her fully unleashed so that we get like the best version of her. So... (laughs) Little ears probably should not listen to this episode. So find some time when it can just be you and yours or your earbuds because this episode is rated TV (laughs) M-A-L-S-A, mature audience for language and sexual content. Watch that world. (laughs) So Tasha, you are like one of my favorite people inside of our mastermind because you're level of vulnerability and your willingness to just share whatever is going on inside of your head with the group of 18 other women, I think is like absolutely remarkable. (laughs) Thank you. Sometimes I'm just like, what did you just say to the millionaires? But I love that about you. And I get the sense that like you lean into that feeling. 
Like, I don't know if you ever feel on discomfort around topics anymore, but I get the sense that if you do, you just like lean into it. Okay. I used to get discomfort. Okay. So this is what I feel is like, oftentimes we will have a practice mentor or like a practice mastermind. And it's usually like the first one that you've been in and it tends to wreak havoc on your nervous system and you get very insecure. And so I already had that. So this one, I'm just the full me. And what it was is I just was like, I'm paying to be here. I am not walking away without what I wanted to get. Mm. And I just re-exposed myself to the trauma over and over and over again. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was hard. But then eventually after doing that, now there's just no room for embarrassment, shame, guilt, weirdness. Like it just can't exist. I love that. I love that. And since we're going to be talking all things money on this show as well, I, I have a feeling this conversation is going to be very nonlinear, but I feel like you recently had a breakthrough around like feeling more shame or embarrassment around a certain dollar amount than other things in your life. Do you want to share that? Yeah, it's pretty crazy because, okay, so we have the things that we need to heal, right? So the things that we feel confident in healing, we will openly speak about them. And especially in this industry, there's a lot of celebrations around money and this and that. And that does matter because that is a representation of our dedication, our knowledge and all of that. And so we get really comfortable sharing the things that we've healed. And then the things that are new to healing, we will not feel as confident about. So we all know, like I went through a bit of a dark night of the soul last month and I've been on this continuous journey of healing money. And what happens in dark nights of the soul, you go through ego death. So typically they'll attack and ego death attacks your highest point of power. So anything that makes you feel better than stronger than more independent than, and you don't even know you're doing it. So for me, it attacked my physical human because my body is my point of power. And then my second point of power was money. So I'd started doing like consistent 30 to $40,000 months. And then in my ego death, it was like, boop, here you go. Here's an $8,000 month. And I was like, basically my worst nightmare because of what I would make it mean, which is you're not moving forward. You're going backwards this is embarrassing. This is where you were at three months or three years ago. And I really started thinking about it. I'm like, Tasha, out of all the things you've done in your life, this is the thing you're embarrassed about. Like, cause I've done so much healing on men and sex and things like that. And like, Tasha, you have talked openly about like fucking guys, girlfriends and giving blowjobs in the alleyway for free. Let me ask. Okay. <laughs> This was for free. This was for free. And I did not receive an orgasm after. <laughs> and like, I went through binge eating disorder and I used to take like pills to basically make myself have diarrhea. Like, and $8,000 is the embarrassing thing to me. And I just had to get to this moment of like, you're being stupid. Just get over it. Yeah. When you shared that, I mean, first of all, it's just, it's so comical because of your willingness to just go there and lay it all out on the line. But it also shows us like the stories that we have around money and what we're making that mean about us and how intrinsically tied in that is with like our worthiness, that that is the thing that feels the most shameful to share. Yeah. And somewhere in there, somebody else gave a blow job in the alleyway and I now freed them. <laughs> he did it too. Oh exactly. God. Exactly. Well, and I do feel like wrapped in that story, it shows how much healing you have done around sexual shame, because certainly for many, many people listening, like that would be the part that they would be very scared to disclose. But for you, you're like, been there, healed that. It's the 8K month that I'm still working on healing the story around. Yeah, because I wanted to be the one who skyrocketed and never looked back. Mm. And having an income dip going from $40,000 to $8,000, that's not the story I wanted. 
And sometimes growth doesn't look like progress. And we use money as a gauge for something. And what I realized is like I was using money as a gauge for, okay, now I'm worthy of, or for basically being able to lean back. When I make this much, I can lean back. Once I hit this much, I can lean back. Like once Mm -hmm. I hit, relax. Yeah. Well, and the timing was interesting too, because it was right when you were deciding about whether or not to rejoin the mastermind for another year, which is like a really significant financial investment. So I'm wondering too, if there was a part of you that was like, okay, by the time I'm finished with this year, I'm going to be at this amount per month and then I'll be able to re-up and it'll feel really easy. Yeah. That's what I wanted it to be. So I it to be come time in for enrollment. It's a no brainer. That's what I want to be. And obviously like living in Melanie's world, she grows so fast. Her prices grow so fast and it feels, it can feel like this. I'm trying to keep up with the growth. Right. Mm -hmm. But I wanted the story to be was I'm making a hundred thousand dollars a month. This is an easy $10,000. Right. And that would have felt like me and my power. But what it ended up looking like was I just had my lowest month ever. And here I am re-enrolling in the biggest and even bigger investment. And that also is power. I would argue that that's more power. Yeah. It's just hella uncomfortable. And the ultimate fear really is just debt because I've never had debt in my life. I've, I started a business with $0. And to me, debt was the ultimate failure because that's the thing I've never had. And so I had to go through a month where essentially my business went into a deficit for that month. And really I had to zoom out on the big picture and say, okay, yes, that month my business went into deficit, but for the year I'm still times three times four. Yeah. And then we get with time all in there and everything too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's super, super important. So I'm really glad you're sharing it because there's so many ways that we weaponize time and money against ourselves. And even the stories we've created around what a powerful move looks like, right? Like in your mind, it was going to be more powerful to be at hundred K a month and be able to just easily re-enroll. Well, it actually takes a lot more power to say, I'm going to commit to something for the next year that actually cost more money than I made this month. Uh, and this was where it came down to the difference between making a decision from knowing, because sometimes that happens and making a decision from trusting. And sometimes the most more powerful thing is a lesson in trust and making the decision while in trust, knowing that you could fall on your face and you just trust that you'll handle it if, and when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like something that's just been revealed to me in the last couple of days is that I was wanting to follow my intuition and make very soul guided decisions because my ego had decided that if I did that, then I would get the outcome that I wanted. (laughs) It's so fucked up. Like the ego finds these tiny little loopholes and you don't even realize you did it. Yeah. And you like, in, in the ego will use like spiritual things too. So you think you're being like so spiritual, so soul guided and really ego's just like, ha ha, that's cute. I'll let you make decisions from your intuition because then intuition won't steer us wrong. So we'll get the exact outcome we want. And it's like, and it had to be revealed to me, of course, by not getting the outcome that I wanted from a decision that still I can feel what a full body yes, the decision felt like. So I know that I actually was tuned into my intuition, that I was making the decision from an aligned place, but the outcome is unfolding very differently. And it's like, well, our soul wants what's for our highest good. And what's for our highest good often comes wrapped up looking like an obstacle, like a roadblock like a red light and like a dead end. Success. I'm in a power suit, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So 
again, that's one of the things that I love about you is I feel like you are really good at articulating this inner process and kind of like deconstructing your decision-making and your thought process around things. And you take all of us with you on the journey in a way that's super fun. And, you know, for those of you who aren't in Tasha's world yet, because you're going to want to be, and at the end of this show, I'm going to make sure that you know how to follow her and connect with her. But if you've never seen Tasha, like she's freaking gorgeous. I'm looking at her right now and she's in an eighties prom dress. That's like got the deepest like V plunge. It's like totally strapless off the shoulder. She's got gorgeous, long, dark hair. That's like perfect. You know, she just looks incredible. And when you look on her Instagram, it's like the same thing. It's like picture after picture. She does all these creative like wigs and interesting styles, but like, she just looks like she could be on the cover of a magazine and, you know, just in full transparency, the first time I saw that, and she calls herself the hotness coach. I was like, Oh, this bitch is so superficial. (laughs) It's just all about the physical. And then you meet Tasha and she's like, psychic as hell. She's like using her intuition, tapping in, like channeling for you and for her clients to get to like down to not even just the feeling level of what's going on behind things, but like the soul level. And it's been so cool and like healing for me to experience the fullness of you and like the duality and that both can exist together. And it's actually like a really cool beautiful marriage of the physical and the metaphysical. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing is that I use my body as a tool to channel. And so because of the way that I eat and because of the way that I exercise and this and that, it's constantly clearing out the energy. So it is the tool. And also like, let's say you're stepping into a container where there's a lot of powerful women and maybe some of them are making three, four five times as much as you. And you've got to be able to stand in your power while you're with somebody who you perceive as stronger, more better than you. The only reason why I'm able to do that is because I hold power in my body and I somehow can channel that to be able to still show up as myself and stay confident and show up beside the people making 300, 400, $100,000, $3 million, like all of that. Right. And I strongly believe that I channel through my nipples. (laughs) Why? Like, I believe that I send, (laughs) believe that I send energy out of it. Like, of course, of course you would have that belief. (laughs) You have to stop scrolling when my nipples are there. Like you have to, but so because my strongest point of power is my body, I, I typically have led with my body a lot and then also brought my soul along with, but my new rebirth and transformation is I'm starting to lead a lot more with my soul. My soul is now the stronger energy between my soul and my body. So for people who have very strong humans, it is harder to get your soul to overpower your human. If you've been through a lot of like tough stuff, if you like have a lot of very masculine structure and stuff in your life, what happens is your soul is always trying to talk to your human, but constantly my human would argue with my soul. And I was aware. I was like, no soul, actually, I want to charge $3,000 more than that. I don't want to charge what you say. No soul, I'm pretty sure I want a boob job And my soul's like, and so there would be this constant feud between my human and my soul. And when you go through an ego death, you have no choice, but to start listening to your soul. And so this new phase is like being more guided by soul. And my body's just there. My body's never going to like, I don't even have to mention my body because it's so obvious. Yeah, Like it's not even a thing. Yeah. So soul guided. I love that. And I'm curious in your business, do you tend to attract clients that are more interested in the body transformation or that are more interested in the intuitive guidance or is it a mix? In the beginning days, it was more the body transformations. So that tends to be all my passive income now. And now because I've intentionally tweaked my marketing, it's a lot of women who have already mastered body And we have that in common. And Mm -hmm. so now we speak the same language. 
there's something very specific about someone who's gone through a body transformation or feels things inside their body. Now you're speaking the same language and now you can evolve in business together. And so now I'm attracting more intuitives and everything like that. Almost everyone is an entrepreneur now. Mm. Yeah. That's so interesting. And I love it because like we do get to grow and evolve in our businesses and we get to play and do what feels fun in the moment. Yeah. There's so many different phases. I'm sure all of us had that phase of when we were coaching everyday women, right? We were coaching everyday women and then we have switched to more like entrepreneurs or whatever it is. So that's why I think it's really awesome to have in your business, different levels and stages and different opportunities for people to either access your content or you. Because although you might be past the everyday woman phase of your life, that is important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that you haven't like burned down the old in order to create the new, right? Like you still have recipes and cookbooks and meal plans and programs available for women that, you know, are trying to lose 20 pounds. And I think that's so cool right? Like that all of that can still serve and get them into your world. And then maybe they do evolve into wanting a deeper relationship with you. And, you know, they are a woman in business, they are an entrepreneur, and then they want to jump into your mastermind or they want to jump into like a one-on-one coaching relationship with you. Yeah. And you know, a really recent breakthrough that I had, because I'm pretty sure all most of us entrepreneurs have been through a phase where we were doing a lot of lifting with clients because that was a reflection of where we were at. And then what we do is we realize that's too hard. And so we transition into a different business model. And then what we do is accidentally we start avoiding the old business model and we'll put up defense mechanisms in order to prevent that heavy lifting. And, and we can do this with price points as well. So we can have in our head what we picture the quote unquote high level woman can pay. And then we'll price something in order to avoid what we picture to be the lower level woman or beginner. And we'll be like, okay, I'm going to price it here so that the annoying people can't pay it. And then we start using money as a tool to put up defense mechanisms. But money is not related to value or the type of client because there's high level clients at $200 price points. Yeah. It's just really just alignment. And our, we, we mind fuck ourselves in so many of these different little ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great point. And to me, it speaks to the value of having a coach or a mentor or being in a mastermind because these things can be so subtle that it's pretty difficult to unpack them on our own. You know, it's like, oh, I'm feeling a little something with my pricing. What is it? Can you help me figure this out? And getting some feedback. Yes. And we will blame the price point for the type of client it attracts, but really it's the reflection of where we are at that's attracting the clients. It's not the price point. And then we blame the price point. Yeah, I know. It's super interesting. And I find that so many of my breakthroughs, like it starts with like just a little whisper. It's like something just feels just like a little bit off or there's evidence of something being a little bit off, right? Like the new clients aren't coming in or the revenue level is not quite where you want it to be. But then it's like, it's kind of like finding the needle in the haystack because it's not this glaring shouting thing. And it'd be, I know. And it'd be easy to ignore if you weren't actually very committed to leaning in and going deeper. Like, oh, that's probably not worth mentioning or, oh, I'll just sit on it a little longer. Oh, it'll sort itself out. And then you just look at that tiny little... The cool thing is, is that once you've done all this work, it's a little tweak that makes a huge difference. Yeah but you often need an intuitive or a mentor to help you find that little tweak because it's so buried under weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. And usually like under a few layers of defensiveness too, right? Because I know as you've been exploring your price points, like there was a while where it was sort of like, no, I like my price exactly where it's at. Mm -hmm. 
And then it was like a few days later, you know, here's what I'm thinking, or here's what I'm feeling. And it took you a few weeks to kind of come to the ultimate conclusion of what was actually happening. Yeah. So what can happen sometimes, or in my instance, is we will price something maybe fairly high because we have in our heads somebody who's going to take a lot of lifting, but we'd still be okay with it. So we're like, okay, I, I have in my head this person and based on the people I've taken in the past, not based on the even better client. And then we will price according to that structure instead of the price that actually just comes through from your soul. Because we'll be like, no soul, that's too cheap. Soul, you're screwing me over here. <laughs> Fuck you, soul. I'm not listening. <laughs> and so if we were to actually picture a really easy client who didn't take lifting at all, and actually you guys were just rising and she was on par with your intuition, on par with your power, and everything was on par and you just bounced off one another like a peer, suddenly that doesn't feel like I have to charge a billion dollars for it. Right. Yes. I love that. And I'm like, I'm really excited for you with this breakthrough to see like the next wave of clients that you call in. Cause I just have this feeling that you're going to be in boxer every day being like, you guys, like I <laughs> love, 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 love the clients that I'm working with right now. Like these women are amazing. And I tend to attract really like sexually liberated, like I attracted, like I work with like strippers or like escorts or ex escorts, like people who are really wanting to kind of like own their slut, you know, I mm-hmm. tend to yeah. attract type of women because I finally, you know, what's the most healing thing to look at back at something you're ashamed of and look at it. Like it's just a hilarious joke. Yeah. Like once I stopped thinking about that stupid blowjob in the alleyway is like, oh my God, you were on your knees and this and that. And he barely knew your name. And I was like, it's a funny fucking joke. (laughs) You were just owning your power. Yeah. You just owning your sexuality. And probably he's going to talk about you until the day he dies. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all that that's the type of women that you attract because you are so in your power around sexuality and like there's zero ounce of shame in you and judgment. Right. And so when I think about like, you know, women who have been sex workers, like they get judged all the time. So of course they're not going to want to hire a coach or a mentor that's going to have even like one ounce of judgment against them for the choices that they've made. Yeah. And Cassie was so healing for me from the hypermind too. And I know she's probably going to come on your podcast as well. Like just when you own it, just when you yeah. own it, because she has a background in the adult film and she came and she was like, yeah, I was in porn and it was really fun. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Then all the stuff I did was really fun too. Yeah. I love that. Well, and you know, like I came into the hypermind and I was immediately like so triggered around all of the sex stuff. And I, but I knew I was like, okay, this is coming forward for me. Like clearly there's sexual shame to be healed and like more empowerment that can happen. And so I just kind of like leaned into it and started having you know, tough conversations like with my partner and started like doing more healing with myself and reading books and like, and it's been amazing. Like, yeah, it's like, as soon as we start looking at all of our triggers as like something that's coming up for healing, it's like, it's up to us. Do we want to stay triggered or are we ready to lean in and look at it? The funniest part of all of it is how vanilla I am now. Don't tell my husband about my (laughs) past because then he's going to remember that blowjobs exist. Don't (laughs) tell him. (laughs) I know. Well, this is the duality of Tasha. You were just, you know, you hold it all. And I love that about you as well. (laughs) I own, I fully own my vanilla-ness as well. You do. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it as long as you're not desiring something else and then just getting stuck with vanilla. 
Yeah, I just don't need to be spanked, choked, and thrown against the wall to have an orgasm. Like I'm, I can have an orgasm missionary. Like yeah. I can simple missionary sex, and I've convinced my husband it's the best sex he's ever had in his life. <laughs> it probably is. because <laughs> you know why? Because it's it's soul connected. Yeah, you can take something super simple and add something like eye contact, and all of a sudden you up level it like ten times. Yeah. 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 No, I totally agree. Like I hear, you know, some of the shares in the hypermind around sex. I'm like, Oh, that just sounds like a lot of work. Like, (laughs) you know, Tasha, you need to play with yourself for like two hours. I'm like, what? Two hours? I could watch in two hours. What what am I doing for two hours? I could like have three snacks, watch Kardashians, and have nobody else touch my privates for two hours. Like I don't know what y'all are doing for two hours, but I'm good with that. Yes, totally. And that's like, you know, my Enneagram three, like very wired for efficiency. I'm like, hmm, that sounds very like inefficient use of time. And do you guys have kids? Because I'm pretty sure my kids have their headphones on in the kitchen and this has got to get her done. (laughs) Yeah, we're on the clock, buddy. (laughs) Oh, I love it. So I'm curious, like, have you always been an entrepreneur? Did you ever work like a nine to five corporate job before you became the hotness coach? I worked as server and I was the worst server in the world because I would not smile. <laughs> like I wouldn't smile because I don't just walk around with a smile. So men would say to me like, Ooh, okay. And can I get a smile with that? And I would literally be like, can you say something funny? Because yeah, why would I smile? Anyways, I did serving jobs and that was mostly what I did before I became an entrepreneur. Oh, I also worked with people with disabilities. Too. I know, crazy. And then I became a personal trainer working at a gym. And then I broke off and started my own personal training business. And that was the beginning of my entrepreneur journey. So I've been an entrepreneur for 14 years. Interesting. So, you know, this is way more than one episode's worth. If we were really to go through all of the money wounds and all of like the deconditioning around limiting beliefs, but I'm curious if there were like a few big ones that stand out to you that you had to heal in order to step into bigger levels of wealth. Yeah, massively. So I never even thought about money until after my second son. Like it was always just, I always had enough. Like I just felt like I had a super healthy relationship with money and it was never a worry. I was loaded, but I had my personal training business and then I had my second son and I just life was so busy with between postpartum depression and him having colic and then balancing as a mom that my business just crashed. Like I had no, nothing in my cup to take clients. And I, I just had no clients anymore. And it was all referral based. Like I was making maybe up to $10,000 a month. And then when it crashed, I was forced to pivot because I had no time. I couldn't just take hourly clients. And then that's when my business was born but there was a huge wounding there because I had never seen my bank account go down like that. And my clients go down like that. Of course it was the blessing I always needed. But in that moment I had to rely on my husband for money for the first time ever. And that took a lot from my self-worth that wasn't fun for me, even though he had no problem with it. It made me feel crappy. Mm. So that was the biggest one. Cause after that, I always had a fear of clients running out or money running out. Cause that was my first experience with it running out. So I spent a lot of years white knuckling. Mm, yeah. So do you feel like there were a certain money wounding that you had from childhood? Like any feelings around there's not enough or you have to work hard for money or people that have too much money are you know, evil or bad and taking it away from the rest of us. Yeah. So the fear of debt for sure came from my childhood because my parents, like my parents are blown away that I have a mortgage still because mm-hmm. back in buy a house for $30,000 and paid off in five years. Right. They constantly talk to me about debt and like, 
the fear of debt and this and that. And then it also affected my worthiness around receiving money and where it showed up most was receiving money from men. And it showed up mostly in like dating Mm. because my parents, for example, my parents would never take us out for dinner. That wasn't a thing that we did. And if we did, it was like, you order water. You don't order chocolate milk, you order water. And so I noticed that as a single woman, I couldn't get guys to take me on a date. It was like, I didn't feel worthy of being spent on. And if I did, I would immediately feel I owed them a hand job. (laughs) (laughs) For this sandwich. (laughs) So what would happen is I was always really good at getting my desires, like getting the guy, getting the hot guy, but never in the way that I wanted. And I wasn't able to keep them around. And it was because of worthiness. What I really wanted was a man to hold me and take care of me. And I just attracted douchebags where I had to pay for everything. And Mm -hmm. so once I worked on that, like it was money and worthiness and men was so wrapped up together. Yeah. Yeah. And once I kind of worked on that, then I found my husband. Interesting. Yeah. So it feels to me like maybe you were able to heal a lot of your relationship with money through your relationship with your body and self-image. Yeah. Like, okay, now I'm super hot. So now I deserve the date. Now I'm super hot. So now I deserve to be wifed up. So that was, and although that's not the angle I would take now, that was the first step that I had to build to like feeling worthy. Yeah. I can see that for sure. So how did you go from, as you call it, white knuckling in your business, which I think we can agree is masculine energy, right? The grip, the control, the needing it to be a certain way to having a little bit more trust or a little more feminine energy around the business and receiving of money. Oh, yeah. Oh, Melanie was the biggest turning point for me there because... Before it was, I would always change what I was doing. And there was a piece of that that helped me grow. But Melanie was the thing in helping me go deeper. And once I learned the defense mechanisms, that's when things really broke through for me. So I'm trying to think if I could like pinpoint it. And I don't think I can like pinpoint it to one thing. Yeah. Like just constantly asking questions, just constantly bringing stuff to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what it is? Identifying fear. Cause it was always me white knuckling was me running away from the fear. Mm. And it was like the fear of debt primarily you think, or the fear of yeah, running away from the income dip. Yeah. So like, okay, I'm not chasing money anymore, but then instead of chasing money, I would run away from the dip. Mm. Yeah. Again, a mind fuck. Yeah. And I'd be like, but I'm not chasing money. I don't understand. I'm not chasing money. I just need to hit exactly what I hit last month or more. And we're good. Yeah. To say that I succeeded, to say that I grew because my worst nightmare is not growing. My worst nightmare is going backwards because I worked too hard to go backwards. Mm. Yeah. And what does it mean about you if you go backwards? Yeah. And then not having to prove myself anymore. Cause once, so it was, okay, I have to prove myself to men. Okay. So now I've healed that. So then what I was doing is I have to prove myself as a powerhouse in the industry so that I'm worthy of people hiring me so that we can do life together. Cause that's what I want. And then once I realized if women were not hiring me because I was a powerhouse and they were just hiring me because they felt soul connected that brought me back to home. Mm. Yeah. And it's so interesting, right? Because it's kind of like Brene Brown's work around the power of vulnerability. Like we all want these perfectly buttoned up stories. Like, yep, I started my business and my income grew every month and that's the way it is. But I can still help you if you're getting started because I still remember what it was like to be there then. And it's like, I feel like there's a lot of kind of like fake vulnerable shares in the coaching space. I'm going to write something out and it's going to sound really vulnerable, but it's all wrapped in the most perfect, pretty bow. And, you know, and I'm like the hero of my own story. And it's like when we're actually willing to experience the feeling and share the fear, it's like, we think that that's like the very thing that's going to repel clients from us. 
And instead it's the thing that magnetizes them to us because they're like, Oh, she actually gets it. She's yeah. through what I've been through. Exactly. And if we compare this, like, even if you look at like, let's say if you were looking at a husband to marry and you were scared to tell him maybe how many men you slept with and that he wasn't going to marry you because of it, it's, just, it's the same thing as money, right? So if we're scared to tell the women that we had an income dip or that we're struggling with this or we're struggling that, whatever the surface level thing is, that means they don't actually love you. They don't actually like you. They just like the status of you. So as long as we're hiding the thing on the surface level, because the other thing that we will do too is we won't share the vulnerable thing until it's seven years in the past. Yes. Oh yeah, it's all healed. Now I'll share it. Right, and that's the fake vulnerable share. Exactly. Yes, we are sharing something vulnerable, but it's so freaking healed at this point that there's zero fear around sharing it. Yeah. Instead of like the post where it really is your growth edge, you're like scared to hit post. You almost don't even want to read the comments. Like that's a real vulnerable share. Yeah. And you don't have to like say every nitty gritty detail, but you can still share what, you know, you can still try to, okay, this is something really cool in marketing that has taken a big turn for me is instead of looking at pain points and clients and this and that, and like what I think the client needs to hear instead looking at what am I going through right now? And what is the lesson I've extracted from it? And okay. So maybe I don't want to like share every intimate detail, but I'll still share and the lesson to where I am right now so that I can attract someone who's on par to me right now. Yeah. Client who is on par with me five years ago. Yeah. So when a fake vulnerable share where you're sharing the thing that you healed five years ago, you're just fucking yourself over because you're now not attracting clients on par with you. You're attracting clients who are where you were five years ago. So all you're doing is like down leveling your audience. Ah, this is such a mic drop. (laughs) This is such a mic drop because this happens all the time. Therefore, diluting because you're diluting your fear. You're diluting your energy. So now what you're doing is you're attracting the lesser version of you because you're diluting it. And now you're making yourself invisible to the people who are on par with you. Yeah. I also wonder, Tasha, if we attract clients that want us to be their savior when we do that, because essentially like we're sharing something that's so healed that it's like, I kind of feel like we would then tend to attract a client that's like, Oh, she can totally help me with this. Like she's going to fix this for me instead of when we can share something that's a little more current, a little more raw, a little more vulnerable, we're actually attracting the client that says like, I see her in her power and I want to be near her. Not she's going to fix my ish for me. Yeah. Cause you basically put yourself on a pedestal. I totally, yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. And here's even something that I could today tweak is what, what we'll find or what I do, like my strategy, my masculine energy thing to do when I'm not feeling inspired or I'm just feeling blah or meh. And I don't feel like I can come up with a post. Sometimes I'll just go back to like some old content that did really good. And I'll reuse the old content, put a new picture and basically band-aid my energy essentially mm-hmm. Me realize. Whereas if I did the thing that would be a little bit harder and drop into my feeling of meh and make a post in my meh, that would probably actually be more efficient mm. than the old post. And it's not that we can't do a little mixture of both, but again, we're doing the easy thing by just reusing the post that we know got a lot of engagement so that we can create a false energetic high on our page while we're feeling a neutral because we think neutral quote unquote bad. Yeah. This is so interesting. Like not where I expected the conversation to go, but I feel like I'm connecting so many dots right now. Same. Yeah. It's really, really cool. And it reminds me of what our mentor Melanie teaches in her cash program, which is that people think that they can only sell 
when they're high vibe, but it's actually that we can only sell when we're in our authenticity. So if we think we can only sell when we're high vibe and then the rest of the time we're faking it and we're pretending to be high vibe, it doesn't work, right? But we could actually sell from meh. We could actually sell from sadness. We could actually sell from annoyance if we allowed ourselves to show up authentically in that energy. Because that is alignment and because the connection always overrides. So yeah, that's like, I'm, I'm the same. I'm still putting like dots together on all of that. It's pretty cool. I think yeah. we just have breakthroughs there. Totally. We're like learning through this conversation. So we'll have to have a part two once we've like more embodied and integrated all of this. Well, cause it's the yang, right? So there's the light and the dark. So the shadow is just as magnetizing as the light. When you just allow yourself to be in the shadow, that's half of your energy. That the pull, that's the lustier feeling. That's the rootier feeling, the, the more sacral sort of feelings. And so by embracing your shadow and being in your shadow and allowing yourself to use magnetism to pull things in from that space, if you happen to be in that space, and if you happen to be in light, then pull things in from the light. Well, actually like the shadow is more of a like pull in and the light is more of a blast out, like an expansion energy. And I think that comes down to like the inhale and the exhale of life, right? Mm. So you can't always be exhaling the light. You've also got to be inhaling, exhale. That's part of, that's what, <gasps> that's what gives your business life and a heartbeat. Ooh, yes. So without the shadow piece, without the inhale and the exhale, it's just a layer of you. It's not actually the life of you. It's not your heart. It's not connected to your heart. It's essentially dead energy. Yeah. I love that. And just trusting both, right? Like the inhale and the exhale, it's such a good analogy because it's like, we equally need both. Right. And I've heard a poet write about whales and it's like, whales need to dive deep in the ocean. Like that's super important for them. It's where they eat, they play, they do all this kind of stuff, but they also equally have to come up to the surface to breathe. They need both. So they need the depth and they need the surface. And I think often we're either judging the inhale or the exhale. We want to be deep all the time and we judge when we have to come back up to the surface instead of just accepting the the fact that there's actually so much divine intelligence in the way that we're built and the way that we're supposed to do life. And here's a really cool way that we could find balance with like working and also relaxing is like, let's say there are entrepreneurs out there who sell everything evergreen. And so that's all like old content, old energy, but, but what you'll see with them, like Amanda Francis is an example, she's got everything on evergreen, but most of her posts are present, mm-hmm. present most of the time she's posting, she's pulling inspiration from where she is right now. Yes. And she's still pulling in other people who are a little further back in their money journey. But because her energy right now is present, I think that's what's like keeping the life in her business. I mean, I don't know the behind the scenes, but I feel like that's probably a good, efficient way. Yeah, absolutely. It's like just playing with the energetics and you know, and and you have stuff that's older too. And like, I've seen you still like loving that version of yourself, honoring her and honoring the women that are a match for that. Right. So it's like, I think it's the judgment around it or the feeling that it's old and therefore it's not as good because we don't resonate as much with it now. It's like, that story is what makes it bad. doesn't have to be bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I've listened to some of Melanie's stuff from six or eight months ago and I'm blown away by it. Yeah. I know. For me, it still feels great right now. Probably for her, if she listened to it, she could see how far she's come since then. Yeah. And trusting people will be guided to what, what they're supposed to get out of it. Yeah, absolutely. So on this topic, I'm curious, like, do you have any financial goals or dreams around like passive versus, I guess we'll call it active income each month? Yeah. Okay. So if I had to like write out the dream scenario, I feel like I would be doing at least say $10,000 
or you know, it'd be cool if all my passive stuff covered basically my bills and my needs, quote unquote Mm -hmm. need. And if my current stuff, my active income was overflow, I feel like that would feel super good to me. Yeah. My, then my active stuff would just feel optional, right? That would feel cool. So actually, thank you for that question. Yeah. I like that. And I can feel your energy around it. Like, Ooh, this feels really fun. Mm -hmm. Yes. So then anything that feels sort of annoying to pay or heavy to pay would just be default. And then additional would just be extra, the stuff that really lights you up. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Well, listen, can you share where you're hanging out on the internet, how people can follow you and connect with you? Yeah. So on Facebook, I'm just Tasha Wall, the hotness coach. And then on Instagram, I'm at Tash Wall. So no A in the Tasha. So Tash Wall Fit on Instagram. So I'm just places. Wait, I thought you were on TikTok too. I see you make TikTok videos all the time. I forgot about those. Yeah. Same thing, Tasha Wall. And then my website is TashaWall.com. Beautiful. I know everyone's going to want to connect with you and follow you. Your energy is so magnetic. And I just want to thank you for being on the show. I feel like in true Tasha style, we went like deep, hard, fast. (laughs) That was good. I wasn't expecting to have breakthroughs on the podcast. Me either. Added bonus. We like worked through some stuff. We both we connected a bunch of dots around messaging and the energetics behind it. So yeah, hopefully that's been a breakthrough for everyone listening. So if that blew your mind, if you're connecting the dots on that stuff, share it on social media, tag Tasha and I so that we can see your breakthrough as well. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Changing the way we think, feel, and talk about money will change the world. I truly believe that. It starts with you tuning in and it spreads when you share this show on Instagram and Facebook and tag me at mmakesmoney. And you know what moves the needle the most? Taking just a minute to leave a five-star review on iTunes. This show isn't free to produce, so let's multiply those dollars invested to help this show reach a bigger audience each week. Thank you so much for your help. I really appreciate it. And lastly, if you want more connection, more M Makes Money style riffs, and a safe place on the internet to talk about money, jump into my free Facebook group, The Money Club. It's linked in the show notes. Until next time, I'm wishing you health, happiness, and boatloads of money.